0: section 39 part two chapter four continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco Ibanez, translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain desnoyers left the gare d'orsay in a first-class compartment mentally praising the good order with which the authorities had arranged everything so that every traveler could have his own seat at the austerlitz station however a human avalanche assaulted the train the doors were broken open packages and children came in through the windows like projectiles the people pushed with the unreason of a crowd fleeing before a fire in the space reserved for eight persons fourteen installed themselves the passageways were heaped with mountains of bags and valises that served later travelers for seats all class distinctions had disappeared the villagers invaded by preference the best coaches believing that they would there find more room those holding first-class tickets hunted up the plainer coaches in the vain hope of traveling without being crowded on the crossroads were waiting from the day before long trains made up of cattle cars all the stables on wheels were filled with people seated on the wooden floor or in chairs brought from their homes every train load was an encampment eager to take up its march whenever it halted layers of greasy papers hulls and fruit skins collected along its entire length the invaders pushing their way in put up with many annoyances and pardoned one another in a brotherly way in war times war measures they would always say as a last excuse and each one was pressing closer to his neighbor in order to make a few more inches of room and helping to wedge his scanty baggage among the other bundles swaying most precariously above little by little desnoyers was losing all his advantage as a first comer these poor people who had been waiting for the train from four in the morning till eight at night awakened his pity the women groaning with weariness were standing in the corridors looking with ferocious envy at those who had seats the children were bleeding like hungry kids julio finally gave up his place sharing with the needy and improvident the bountiful supplies of eatables with which Arginsola had provided him the station restaurants had all been emptied of food during the train's long wait soldiers only were seen on the platform soldiers who were hastening at the call of the trumpet to take their places again in the strings of cars which were constantly steaming toward paris at the signal stations long war trains were waiting for the road to be clear that they might continue their journey the cuirassiers wearing a yellow vest over their steel breastplate were seated with hanging legs in the doorways of the stable cars from whose interior came repeated neighing upon the flat cars were rows of gun-carriages the slender throats of the cannon of seventy-five were pointed upwards like telescopes young desnoyers passed the night in the aisle seated on a valise noting the sodden sleep of those around him worn out by weariness and exhaustion it was a cruel and endless night of jerks shrieks and stops punctuated by snores at every station the trumpets were sounding precipitously as though the enemy were right upon them the soldiers from the south were hurrying to their posts and at brief intervals another detachment of men was dragged along the rails toward paris they all appeared gay and anxious to reach the scene of slaughter as soon as possible many were regretting the delays fearing that they might arrive too late leaning out of the window julio heard the dialogues and shouts on the platforms impregnated with the acrid odor of men and mules all were evincing an unquenchable confidence the Boches, very numerous with huge cannons with many mitrailleuses but we only have to charge with our bayonets to make them run like rabbits the attitude of those going to meet death was in sharp contrast to the panic and doubt of those who were deserting paris an old and much decorated gentleman type of a jubilee functionary kept questioning desnoyers whenever the train started on again do you believe that they will get as far as touls before receiving his reply he would fall asleep brutish sleep was marching down the aisles with leaden feet at every junction the old man would start up and suddenly ask do you believe that we will get as far as bordeaux and his great desire not to halt until with his family he had reached an absolutely secure refuge made him accept as oracles all the vague responses at daybreak they saw the territorialists guarding the roads they were armed with old muskets and were wearing the red as their only military distinction they were following the opposite course of the military trains in the station at bordeaux the civilian crowds struggling to get out or to enter other cars were mingling with the troops the trumpets were incessantly sounding their brazen notes calling the soldiers together many were men of darkest coloring natives with wide grey breeches and red caps above their black or bronzed faces julio saw a train bearing wounded from the battles of flanders and lorraine their worn and dirty uniforms were enlivened by the whiteness of the bandages sustaining the wounded limbs or protecting the broken heads all were trying to smile although with livid mouths and feverish eyes at their first glimpse of the land of the south as it emerged from the mist bathed in the sunlight and covered with the regal vestures of its vineyards the men from the north stretched out their hands for the fruit that the women were offering them tasting with delight the sweet grapes of the country for four days the distracted lover lived in bordeaux stunned and bewildered by the agitation of a provincial city suddenly converted into a capital the hotels were overcrowded with many notables contenting themselves with servants quarters there was not a vacant seat in the cafés the sidewalks could not accommodate the extraordinary assemblage the president was installed in the prefecture the state departments were established in the schools and museums two theatres were fitted up for the future reunions of the senate and the chamber of deputies julio was lodged in a filthy disreputable hotel at the end of a foul-smelling alley a little cupid adorned the crystals of the door and the looking-glass in his room was scratched with names and unspeakable phrases souvenirs of the occupants of an hour and yet many grand ladies hunting in vain for temporary residence would have envied him his good fortune all his investigations proved fruitless the friends whom he encountered in the fugitive crowd were thinking only of their own affairs they could talk of nothing but incidents of the installation repeating the news gathered from the ministers with whom they were living on familiar terms or mentioning with a mysterious air the great battle which was going on stretching from the vicinity of paris to verdun a pupil of his days of glory whose former elegance was now attired in the uniform of a nurse gave him some vague information the little madame Laurier i remember hearing that she was living somewhere near here perhaps in biarritz julio needed no more than this to continue his journey to biarritz the first person that he encountered on his arrival was chichi she declared that the town was impossible because of the families of rich spaniards who were summering there the boche are in the majority and i pass a miserable existence quarreling with them i shall finally have to live alone then he met his mother embraces and tears afterwards he saw his aunt elena in the hotel parlors most enthusiastic over the country and the summer colony she could talk at great length with many of them about the decadence of france they were all expecting to receive the news from one moment to another that the kaiser had entered the capital Ponderous men who had never done anything in all their lives were criticizing the defects and indolence of the republic. Young men whose aristocracy aroused dona Elena's enthusiasm broke forth into apostrophes against the corruption of Paris, corruption that they had studied thoroughly from sunset to sunrise in the virtuous schools of Montmartre they all adored germany where they had never been or which they knew only through the reels of the moving-picture films they criticized events as though they were witnessing a bullfight. the germans have the snap you can't fool with them they are fine brutes and they appeared to admire this inhumanity as the most admirable characteristic why will they not say that in their own home on the other side of the frontier chichi would protest why do they come into their neighbor's country to ridicule his troubles possibly they consider it a sign of their wonderful good breeding but julio had not gone to biarritz to live with his family the very day of his arrival he saw marguerite's mother in the distance she was alone his inquiries developed the information that her daughter was living in Po she was a trained nurse taking care of a wounded member of the family her brother undoubtedly it is her brother thought julio and he again continued his trip this time going to Po. his visits to the hospitals there were also unavailing nobody seemed to know marguerite every day a train was arriving with a new load of bleeding flesh but her brother was not among the wounded a sister of charity believing that he was in search of someone of his family took pity on him and gave him some helpful directions he ought to go to lourdes there were many of the wounded there and many of the military nurses so desnoyers immediately took the short cut between poe and lourdes he had never visited the sacred city whose name was so frequently on his mother's lips for dona luisa the french nation was lourdes in her discussions with her sister and other foreign ladies who were praying that france might be exterminated for its impiety the good senora always summed up her opinions in the same words when the virgin wished to make her appearance in our day she chose france this country therefore cannot be as bad as you say when i see that she appears in Berlin we will then rediscuss the matter but desnoyers was not there to confirm his mother's artless opinions just as soon as he had found a room in a hotel near the river he had hastened to the big hostelry now converted into a hospital the guard told him that he could not speak to the director until the afternoon in order to curb his impatience he walked through the street leading to the basilica Past all the booths and shops with pictures and pious souvenirs which had converted the place into a big bazaar here and in the gardens adjoining the church he saw wounded convalescents with uniforms stained with traces of the combat their cloaks were greatly soiled in spite of repeated brushings the mud the blood and the rain had left indelible spots and made them as stiff as cardboard some of the wounded had cut their sleeves in order to avoid the cruel friction on their shattered arms others still showed on their trousers the rents made by the devastating shells they were fighters of all ranks and of many races infantry cavalry artillerymen soldiers from the metropolis and from the colonies french farmers and african sharpshooters red heads faces of mohammedan olive and the black countenances of the singhalese with eyes of fire and thick bluish blubber lips some showing the good nature and sedentary obesity of the middle-class man suddenly converted into a warrior others sinewy alert with the aggressive profile of men born to fight and experienced in foreign fields the city formerly visited by the hopeful catholic sick was now invaded by a crowd no less dolorous but clad in carnival colors all in spite of their physical distress had a certain air of good cheer and satisfaction they had seen death very near slipping out from his bony claws into a new joy and zest in life with their cloaks adorned with medals their theatrical moorish garments their kepis and their african headdresses this heroic band presented nevertheless a lamentable aspect very few still preserved the noble vertical carriage the pride of the superior human being they were walking along bent almost double limping dragging themselves forward by the help of a staff or friendly arm others had to let themselves be pushed along stretched out on the handcarts which had so often conducted the devout sick from the station to the grotto of the virgin some were feeling their way along blindly leaning on a child or nurse the first encounters in belgium and in the east a mere half-dozen battles had been enough to produce these physical wrecks still showing a manly nobility in spite of the most horrible outrages these organisms struggling so tenaciously to regain their hold on life bringing their reviving energies out into the sunlight represented but the most minute part of the number mowed down by the scythe of death back of them were thousands and thousands of comrades groaning on hospital beds from which they would probably never rise thousands and thousands were hidden forever in the bosom of the earth moistened by their death agony fatal land which upon receiving a hail of projectiles brought forth a harvest of bristling crosses war now showed itself to desnoyers with all its cruel hideousness he had been accustomed to speak of it heretofore as those in robust health speak of death knowing that it exists and is horrible but seeing it afar off so far off that it arouses no real emotion the explosion of the shells were accompanying their destructive brutality with a ferocious mockery grotesquely disfiguring the human body he saw wounded objects just beginning to recover their vital force who were but rough skeletons of men frightful caricatures human rags saved from the tomb by the audacities of science trunks with heads which were dragged along on wheeled platforms fragments of skulls whose brains were throbbing under an artificial cap beings without arms and without legs resting in the bottom of little wagons like bits of plaster models or scraps from the dissecting room faces without noses that looked like skulls with great black nasal openings and these half men were talking smoking laughing satisfied to see the sky to feel the caress of the sun to have come back to life dominated by that sovereign desire to live which trustingly forgets present misery in the confident hope of something better! end of section thirty nine.